Welcome everyone to Jubilee Street, a music podcast. Our with first. Your host, Jake Curtis and Ian McCurtis. I'm Ian. Jake, how are you doing? I'm good. It's our first in-person episode. Like I'm looking you in the eyes. 1.5, the Kendrick Lamar. That's, baby oh, game. you're right. I don't know what I'm thinking. So this is our, this is our, this is our, our sec. I guess it was second because we recorded the. Um, That's like ten minutes though. This is like Kingdom Hearts one point five. It's Jubilee Street one point five. It's there. We're filling in the gaps for the storyline. A lot of. So so let's let's tell them what what we're talking about, and then I'll I'll warm them up a little bit. Well, so in, in the hubbub of Jake moving across the country mm-hmm. and the Push the Skyway ten year anniversary, we mm-hmm. missed another anniversary. Another anniversary. The twentieth anniversary of Nocturama, an album we don't talk about very often. I think we've only done one song from it, right? We've done Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah, so today we're talking about There is a Town. There was a podcast named Jubilee Street, a music podcast hosted by Jake and I meant to get a slide whistle so we could do a slide whistle in person. Yeah, so program this thing to be a soundboard. I think I think we'll figure out something. I I I know there is a way. I'm sure this will make for great podcasting, but I know that there's a way to connect now that we're in person, or you know, even if we do like kind of a hybrid thing where we record in person like a couple times, and then we you know if we're busy, we just do it remotely. But I, I have to think there's a way to connect our audio across the platform so you can hear what's happening. And I can Oh, there definitely that. is. I just haven't taken the time to Same. do it. I, I think I want to now, though, because we're nearing a three-year anniversary, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, last year we got our theme song. This year maybe we can get, you know, I, I did a little bit of playing around with the soundboard. Uh, ah, shit, I guess it was like, I think the last time I was really messing with it was when we did the Jubies for 2022. But um, but yeah, we're talking about Nocturama, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I moved across the country for those who are curious. I was living in San Diego, drove a truck with an auto trailer with our car on the back. 2,000, 2,100 miles, I think it is. Made it in four days, and we arrived during... I tripped the- Jake and broke his foot before the move happened to <laughs> throw a wrench in the planes. Well, I was... We, so we were at we were at the Museum of Man in San Diego, and it had been kind of a an ordeal not an ordeal, but it took a while to park, get there, and then you know we had to go through this process to get the the free pass so that the tickets were fifty percent off because it was Museum Month in February. And then we're not even at the museum for like five, maybe we've been there for ten or fifteen minutes, and. Uh, Ian and my girlfriend Haley are talking about like MySpace and what was the thing? Post secret. Post secret. And I kept looking around, going down these stairs, like what is post secret? What is post secret? And then I see this neon sign that says, you know, I heart animals or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and then, then I tripped Jake at the same exact time Haley pushed Jake. Yes, there was a uh, what do they call a tandem there was, attack? There was a tandem attack. It had been planned, and, and it, I, I've been calling it a hit. And, uh, you know, there were some, you know, mob capos involved and there's going to be a, probably a Netflix documentary that comes out about it in the future. So, yeah, I rolled the shit out of my ankle and um, it swelled up like immediately. So that happened. My friends were in town and I basically lost We lost an entire day with them. But they got, they, you know, you all got to do some fun stuff. You mm-hmm. saw the border. You um, smuggled some goods across the border might have to edit that out mexican vanilla and i think buffy joined the cartel mm-hmm. i don't know if we should say that redacted with um pedro pascal not narcos yes pedro pascal the last of buff bus buffus the last, last of buffus. Bu- the last bus the last bus starring buffy slater that's her actor name buffy slater um anyway that's enough riffing uh 
I guess we can. Do you have anything you want to talk about with that stuff? We can come back around to it. There's some other funny things that have happened since then. I had a great time in Southern California. What's your review? Out of 10 out of 10. I love it. You I haven't reviewed it. anything on a number score on the podcast in a while. I loved LA and I love San Diego. I would, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to pay to live there, but I, I, I told Courtney, like, I get it now. I get why people pay the exorbitant prices because it is nice, you know, being sunny and mild every day. The sunshine tax, as they call it. Um, you guys, I, even with, you know, that sounds e- egotistical, but even with me rolling my ankle and not get, be, not really being able to spend as much time with you guys as I would have liked, you guys really had a good trip. Cause I remember when we picked you up on Sunday from the, like, you were on like the coast by the Nazarene college or something. It was beautiful. And was you beautiful. guys walked so much. That's all we had to do. How, were you tired that day? Just walking, we were you, running. It wasn't hot. You and you and Courtney must. You guys walk a lot, don't you? No, we work from home. But you walk. You like go hiking, and you and you uh, walk to, Buffy. I'm just lucky that like I haven't hit the age yet where that stuff tires me out. I don't know. I, Haley and I were very impressed about that because we we try to get like ten thousand steps, and it doesn't happen as often as we'd like. Because you know, right now it's tough because we're working from home. And you know, I mean, I'm just a machine. House, I just don't get tired. Yeah, in that way. You you do have kind of like an automaton mm-hmm. energy, <laughs> I am Ian Bot. Um, no, but it was awesome staying in Hollywood because you know I'm obsessed with movies and music and mm-hmm. all that. So it was cool to just like be right there where everything is. I I uh, was glad you got to go to the last bookstore. La La Land and the last bookstore. La La Land. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know, people told me to call it that. That's what the last bookstore is called, La La Land? No, people told me to call LA 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 Oh, oh, because of the movie with Ryan Gosling. Emma Stonestone? Just some like sketchy individual said, you know you're supposed to call La La Land. It sounds like that time I was with Chad walking down Bardstown Road by where uh, Buffalo Wild Wings used to be. And these two guys just walked up to me and said, you guys looking for that yayo? And I said, what? And he said, yayo, do you want some yayo? And Chad and I were just like stoned, and we and we just started laughing, and we walked off. You never found out what it was. Well, I think that they were wanting us to call Louisville Yayo. Mm, yeah, so La La Land so, and Yayo. Yayo. Um, well, I'm glad you had a good trip. It was uh, we had some really magical stuff happen with you guys because we went to La Jolla Shores, and it was your last day there, and there were dolphins, just like fucking. Putting on a show in the in the ocean. I had double magic, Jake. I haven't told you about this yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should buy a lottery ticket or something. We went to the river, mm-hmm. uh, the falls of the Ohio, a couple days after you got here when there was that big windstorm. And the river was like, because all the wind, it was like mm-hmm. essentially flooded. Um, and it was just like real windy. Everything was whipping around, waves. And I saw a river, a river otter. Cool. I've never. I've always heard that there are otters in the Ohio River, but I've mm-hmm. never seen one. And I and we go kayaking fairly often. Yeah. And I saw an otter like poking his head up, trying to get to the shore. I was like, "Holy shit!" It is true. I don't know if I've ever seen an otter in out, like outside in the Weevil living here. That's really cool. Me neither. And I, I've heard people say that they're there, and I'm always like, "That sounds like bullshit." I've seen these river rats when I go kayaking. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're like in between an otter and a rat. They're like this big. Yeah, that sounds I horrible. I don't know what they're called. They're almost like squirrels, <laughs> like big squirrels. Yeah. Uh, but I've never seen an otter. It was pretty awesome. The dolphins are way cooler, though. The are dolphins th- was like a magical moment. Are you like the kind of guy who, if you experience something special like that, you're like, oh, I should get a lottery ticket? I, I, I just I said that right now, but no, I don't ever buy Because I never tickets. buy... I always I always hear people say that, like, oh, use that lucky number, but... I heard seems- one time uh, some, some like the easiest way to lose $2 is to buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. And I've always just subscribed to that. I don't... I remember... This is why I think I don't like lottery tickets. And I think it's, I get it. I get the idea behind it. And I think it's cool. Like it's fun. It's like, it's like a gambling thing, I guess. But I think near, nearer to the end of my dad's life, he would buy lottery tickets every time he went to Kroger. And I think he bought a lottery ticket, a bag of Macintosh apples, a bunch of bananas, a couple, two liters of Diet Pepsi, obviously, some, some snowballs. What a receipt. Yeah. Like the hostess snowballs. Yes, what a he loved wild, those. Uh, Dude, he would drink. He drank a, a two liter a day, and he drink. Ha, he he drink half at his lunch, and I think 
He'd eat like an apple with salt. Well, so okay, so he's hitting the the sugar food pyramid. He's got his natural sugars from the fruit. <laughs> yeah, he's got his uh, sucralose fake sugar from the Diet Coke, mm-hmm. and then he's got his cane sugar from the snowballs. Yeah, as so far he's, as he's hitting all the the varieties of sugar. Well, it's interesting. I, I'm sure this is again making for great podcasting, but he he really was an addict to that stuff. I'm I'm like I genuinely am putting it together was. right now. Uh, and then what was gross to me is. At night, he would do, he'd have a, a pack of snowballs, if not two of them. There's two in the package. Mm-hmm. And then he would have a, a half a two liter of Diet Pepsi. And then he had, you remember those tubs of, they still make them, I'm sure, uh, cheese balls or like pretzels. Oh, my grandpa loved those too. He would eat, that's all he ate. Dude, my dad subsisted on I mean, snacks. This thing right here, this is a liter. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of like soda to drink. That's a lot of soda. Half a two liter is one liter. If you're doing the math at home. And then the last kind of crazy thing that, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of kind of just like stressful things about our process moving and trying to find a house and, you know, privilege noted, like it's, it's not been bad. We've always had a, we've had a place to stay every night. We've had food, we've had a roof over our head. So I'm grateful for that, but it's been, it's been tough on, on me mentally. And, um, the craziest thing was that we drove into Louisville Friday night, I think it was the third, right? Oh, I don't know. It it, It was was, two weekends ago. It was two weekends ago from when we're recording this. And we basically were driving at the time of the the worst windstorm on record in Louisville and southern Indiana since like 2008. Mm -hmm. And we come into the city, there's like swaths of, of like areas that are just dark. And I'm like, what is going on? And then Ian and and Courtney are messaging, like texting with us, like they lost power. There's trees down. They can smell Hing Wang from across the <laughs> way. Uh, and you know, we just we I think we got in that night, and I think we we got to our Airbnb, and it just felt very quiet in the city. And it was a crazy homecoming to have. And we never had any, like, like we had power at the Airbnb. I ordered a pizza from Pizza Denisi that was way too expensive on DoorDash. And yeah, it was, I'm glad we were okay. And we, I mean, we made it, we made it. Uh, Ian and uh, some friends helped us unload the truck that weekend. And well, I didn't really, there wasn't much to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just, that's just, that was just us like overshooting how many people we needed because I think we thought we had a lot more stuff than we did. Mm-hmm. Didn't take as long, but thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we, should we talk about Nick Cave now? Well, let's talk about it. Nocturama. Nocturama. Twenty years. What you What do you think about the song? So I started thinking about as a so I, I did I did most of my research for this this past weekend or the weekend prior because we were supposed to record. There was a rat infestation at my last Airbnb, so I had to cancel and find a new Airbnb last, Airbnb last weekend. So long story short, Nocturama's an interesting album. We've talked about it before. And I looked up what Nick Cave had to say about it. And we probably mentioned this on the last episode, but for people who don't know as much about that record or who are just interested in any trivia around it, Nick, I think Nick Cave... This, this album reminds me of how Nick Cave was with like the birthday party. And how he likes that this album is polarizing. And it is... I, I, I can't think of the right word, so maybe you can say something that'll better Well, it's just kind of like it. that album that, like... People always say it's, like, the bad one. But yeah. if you look at, like... Like, if you go on Wikipedia or something and they have the aggregate of, like, reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, What a Spin, all those places. It got, like, 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10. It didn't get awful reviews no yeah it's just for nick cave standards that's bad it's just sort of like that a lot of like rock and rollers like hit middle age and just make albums like these that are just like mediocre like bruce springsteen or you know any of those guys that hit like 40 yeah and they just start making albums that are like they're fine so i think people a lot of people at the time probably thought okay nick cave's just entering this period of you know middle age rock sure. star and then who would have known he would have this whole second half that would be uh, well then after that amazing. was dig lazarus dig well, right after in. that was Liar of Orpheus. Oh, I'm getting my timelines messed up. I and thought it came out in 2007. Nothing so no. but bangers since then. Yeah. So I think that's what's interesting is... But at the time, people probably thought, oh, this is just 
the rest of his career is just going to be like this. Like, yeah, it's just okay. going to be some kind of solid, like, song. Just, I mean, it is solid songwriting. Just like, oh, I like like two or three songs on this album, and I'll listen yeah. to those. I, and it's, I think that's a good, this is a good po- point to say that I actually like this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's got a good guitar riff. I think lyrically, it's nothing special, but it gets the job done. And I, I found myself like bobbing along to it, listening to it today before we recorded and last weekend. And I mean, I think that's the thing is it's like, you know how the kids these days, they, they say things are mid, mm-hmm. like, oh, that pizza's mid, that weed's mid, you know, this album, like part of me was like, is this a mid? I don't think this is a mid song. I think it's like kind of a good song. And it reminds me a lot of like push the sky away a little bit. Yeah, I thought that too. I think the coolest thing about the song is the inner. You have Blixa on the like, uh, what's the country like the the lap steel pedal yeah. steel, mm-hmm. and then Warren on violin, and the way they go back and forth is really cool. I it's like the best part of the song. Yeah, I think that's the best part of the song. And um, I don't know if it was the qual because I I um, I was just I've just been using YouTube a lot, no for no particular reason, and I usually use Spotify with my phone. I didn't feel like. <laughs> For whatever reason, I listened to this song a good amount of times on YouTube, and I don't know if it was like it messed with the sound quality with the way it was uploaded or something, but it had this kind of tinny quality. And when I listened to it back again on Spotify, it sounded more full, Mm -hmm. but I kind of liked the more YouTube audio compressed version of it in a weird way. Why is that? I I don't know, because it made it sound a little more lo-fi. You're trying to do a 100 gex fan. Yeah, yeah, like something like that, like... It had like a, it just had a different quality, obviously, like sound quality, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think the drums sound really cool in the song. They have like this yeah, reverb on them. It just sounds really, the drums sound really good in a way yeah. that like, I feel like a lot of times Nick Cave songs, the percussion's almost like an afterthought. Yeah. This feels more like Grinder Man where the drums kind of hit you. That's so, that's such a good point. I, I thought a lot about Grinder Man listening to this because a lot of this album feels like, they're, they're like getting ready. They're warming up yeah. for that because you can. But it's just kind of uninspired. Like this, I think this is a good song. Like it's pleasant yeah. to listen to, but it just kind of is uninspired. Like it doesn't doesn't hit you in the feelies. Well, like yeah. other songs we've covered. Uh, like in, um, oh, I meant to ask you what classes you uh, enrolled to. We can talk about that later. But um, kind of like in a college literary 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 or literature course, like. There is a context around this record, and I think the big thing is that Blix, this is Blix's last record, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's weird how this album feels like it could have been the last Bad Seeds record ever. And it, and he would have like people would still think of the Bad Seeds as a legendary band had they, and I, I think of this record as like it divides the Bad Seeds into two, like yeah. Because they have this whole second half that starts with Lyra Vorpheus. But then everything up until this one is also awesome. It's- well, that's, I think that's kind of, I, I don't, and I, I'm sure we've talked about something similar to this before, but I think a lot about like how much power are we giving these single members who aren't Nick Cave in establishing like an aesthetic or like a sound. And the thing is, is when I hear all the records with Blixa on them, they have a very specific kind of, I hate that I want to use the word gothic, but they have like a gothic quality. Like it feels like you're listening to like a Bauhaus record sometimes. Mm. And I know what you mean. Even the piano ballads have this like, just uh, not gloom because they're not always sad. Just this like overhanging thing that feels gothy it's there's hard. more you know composition it you know it. to it yeah you just you know it and you know it there's bells like mm-hmm. they're, they're they don't do that stuff as much on later albums after blixa leaves and then well sort of like i feel like mcharvey was like the right hand man mm-hmm. and then blixa and now it's obviously warren yeah and whoever's like his right hand man has a huge amount of influence and warren seems to be in or they both seem to be in like the minimalism mood and yeah that's what we've gotten lately. And I and but I think that that minimalism comes through on this song in particular too because it's like you said I think it's I, I think you called it uninspired which I wouldn't even feel I personally wouldn't call it that cuz it 
it just doesn't feel like when the song starts that they're just like like phoning it in. Like it feels like they're trying to make a good song, and they did. But it also I feels guess I like just mean from Nick, like I feel like most Nick Cave songs, he it feels like this dude needs to say this, and he is pouring his heart into it. Yeah. And this album as a whole just feels like he was like, well, I haven't made an album in a couple of years. Guess I'll write. 10 Probably songs. put something out, and yeah. then. What came out before this album? No More Shall We Part? No More Shall We Part. So, wow, what an album to Which follow like up. Great. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I found it really fascinating. I think it's, it's one of those things where if they didn't have so many albums before and after this, this album would be less interesting to talk about. But because of where it sits and the like pantheon of Nick Cave fans and how people view it, the conversation about the album is almost more interesting than the album itself. Cause like, I don't know about you, but I hate, I hate the album artwork for this. Yeah. It's just very, whatever. It just feels like that's the only part that feels phoned in. Yeah. It's like somebody take a picture of me on their iPhone and Mm -hmm. we'll, you know, zhuzh it up, make it like high def. And the, the fonts horrible. I I just, I don't like saying too much negative stuff. Cause I, I obviously love Nick Cave and the bad seats, but that's the only part of it that bothers me. I think I think album artwork is so important. Like um, I have been, this is I promise this is somewhat related because it's about art. I've been following this account on Instagram, and because he's been doing Legends of the Dark Knight drops, hmm. and he's a guy who like collects back issues and then sells them on his Instagram page. And every fucking time he uploads one, I see it 15 minutes later, and somebody's already claimed it. They had like a P. Craig Russell book. They had a Mignola, Legends of the Dark Knight book. They had Batman Jazz, which is another thing. Really cool stuff. And I've been, and it's only like six or seven bucks a pack. And I feel like the artwork is always what draws me to those books. Mm-hmm. And I think it can like make or break how you experience something. Like when you see the, the at least the soft cover version of the Long Halloween, you're like immediately drawn to it. It's a great cover. It's like, isn't it blue? I think. Yeah. It's like a subdued, like kind of baby blue with like gray and black and white. I'm glad that we we were having this debate in Pleasures not too long ago. And I guess I just learned that like none of them seem to put that much importance on album art. And I guess some people just don't. To me, it's so important. It's there's very like important. A million things you could consume, whether it's books or albums or even movie posters. Yeah. And that's like the thing you see that like has to draw you in and sum up the whole aesthetic and the vibe. And I think it's so important. But when we were argu- or debating it, like like everyone else in the band was just like, I don't really care. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. I can't, I, I cannot disagree with that more. Like, I think. To me, you got to find that thing that like sums up how the album feels. Like, you want the album artwork to feel like the music. Well, it's like, if Henry's Dream didn't have the billboard, it would be different. It really would be. Even if the That's songs were completely the same. But. If you, but then if you put out OK Computer without that kind of like not quite Windows media player art, you know, if you just put like a picture of the band, it would just seem like a greatest hits record. And I think that's my issue is like. Or we talked about the self titled. I mean, it's like, we're breaking up. Here's the plainest fucking album cover. It's, it's, Here's and, some songs. And it's, it's really good album. It's a really good album cover. No, just a cool, like, we're breaking up. This is. Boom. And Just that's a, a good. Album. I'm getting tingly thinking about this because it, it, it. That's another sub argument you could have here, is, is that album art if it's just text? Because they there's somebody like like Ben Sears used to get paid to do layouts or something like that. Well, minimalism says something too. Even if the album art works nothing, that's still like um, Jesus. Yeah. Like even minimalism still says something. I mean, I know you know Kanye West controversy noted, but. The Yeezus album cover is awesome. And yeah. the only part of it that makes it awesome is that it it is presented to you as a CD that you could find in someone's junk drawer. And they happen to only have red duct tape or whatever. Isn't it like red tape or something on it? Or it's a reflection? Yeah, it's like it doesn't have like one of those stickers like CDs have. Like There's a- definitely a red, like a like an emergency red color on it hmm. that's... I pulls your eye to the right, like you want to open something. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it's like 
one that's just that's just marketing like make something and that's that, all album art is is yeah. marketing and that doesn't have to be a bad thing it's like you're scanning the store and you want something that catches your eyes yeah i mean it's why iphones are so huge now because the button to open it's on the right every time you do something you're swiping right swiping left you know it's addictive so but in that in that sense nocturama does the album art does look like the album it looks like i know a 40 a 45 year old rock star mm-hmm. out like you know it looks like a middle-aged rock star album but cover. The thing is, is like, I'll use Pleasures of the Flesh because because you mentioned uh, the band. Like you guys, you guys did the Pleasure podcast at one point, mm-hmm. and you just sort of um, co-opted art from past singles. But you've always had that color palette. I don't know how much you've moved away from that in the because you guys have new stuff coming out, and so. That's interesting to me too, because like, even if you just dropped a single that was like, you know, background black, and then it's like the sort of teal purple mixture, that still says something to me. And it, it's yeah, a very gotta, specific. You gotta have something. Tone. You gotta have a color palette. Or I love the Smiths. They just did black and white photographs of people. Yeah, I love when a band has like something like this is over the course of our career. This is a vibe and, we have. And not to make us sound like we're like really deep or something like that but it's like you know you when you're not wearing your mask you have like teal colored glasses i have clear glasses those are both very specific choices that we made and i think because you know we like to read books and analyze things all those little choices are important you know it yeah. says it says something about what they were doing when Nocturama came out and I don't know if there's been... I know there's like some footage of Blixa and Nick, I think, floating around the internet, like post him quitting the band or maybe while they were in the band. But man, that is like... Uh, I was listening to this... Um, Neil Brennan has a podcast that's based on his most recent comedy special, Blocks. And I guess they used to have these comedy, like these one-hour comedy interview tapes that you could buy. And it used to have like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Woody Allen and stuff like that. And... Um, I would love it if I could hear like when Nick and Warren were doing that podcast together for a little bit, you know, they kind of did, or they did the interview videos. Oh, yeah, they did that like I would, thing. I would, what does Biff say in, or what's the guy say in uh, Edward Scissorhands? I'd give my left nut <laughs> for Blixa Bargeld to get on microphone mm-hmm. and just get interviewed by Nick or vice versa, him interview Nick. Like that is such a cool idea to me. So yeah, I think basically to sum it up, everything should feel intentional. And maybe that's a little bit of what this album's lacking. It doesn't have that, like, a lot of, like, Henry's Dream feels like, it almost feels like a Stephen King novel to me. Maybe it's because of the album cover. Yeah. Like, this Americana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Push the Sky Away feels like blah, blah, blah. Skeleton Tree, obviously, yeah. feels like what it feels like. I don't know what this album feels like. Yeah. It, it uh, just feels it, like some songs. Before we were recording, you, we were talking about uh, a, that book I got you for Christmas, mm-hmm. They Thirst. And you said the, the prose was very purpley. Mm-hmm. What kind of if if Nocturama were a prose, what do you what would you how would you describe it? Nocturama is, I, I think it's like, okay, so I don't mean this in any disrespect. Tanahasi Coates wrote his first novel like right four years ago, The Water Dancer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. It felt like it felt like a journalist trying to write fiction, where like oh, it works, yeah, but you can tell they're not used to doing it. It's like it's a little. It's a little, a little boring, just a little bit. Like it's, it yeah. still works, it's still good, but you can tell that this is something new to them. That's Excuse how the Ta-Nehisi Coates book felt to me. Do you remember? I don't want to put any bad juju on their name, but there was a rumor that went around about the lead singer in Cersei when we played with them. Oh, I don't remember this. No, so I remember Cersei. There was some kind of rumor going around about that person. Shout out, they're a band again. That they are a band again. Mm-hmm. They put out an album in 2021 or last year. Same singer? Or is it? Mm-hmm. A, it's oh, it's the woman still. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Is it good? It's like it's not a heavy. It's like all singing, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I still that's like one of the last shirts I have. That in the William James shirt. I think from the same concert. <laughs> still have them in my closet. Um, so there was some kind of rumor going around that she or they. I don't know what their pronouns are, but Googled how to be punk or emo or something oh like everyone didn't do that when they were like 13 well so 
and I and I'm not bringing that up to be mean or anything. I'm just using. You no, know, that's like some dumb like internet. I'm just using it as a fulcrum for my next comment, which is, Nocturama sounds like if Nick Cave Googled how to write a Nick Cave <laughs> song. Chat you know GPT, I, how? Yeah, to be Nick Cave. It's a Chat GPT. Is it GPT? GPT. Yeah, it's chat. It's a Chat GPT bot making a Nick Cave album. That's that, like that's the best way to describe like. it. Because it's like, ah, oh, this sounds like Nick Cave, but I don't like it as much. Or it's a little too good, or it's a little too, like, the, the seeds are a little too bad, you know? I also think about, so this was, came out in 2003. So this is post-9-11. This is the height of, like, post-9-11. Iraq War is probably about to start. Interesting. Uh, 2003, Blink-182 put out their self-titled. Oh. Where they did the song Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. AFI put out Sing the Sorrow. Like, this was, like, goth was coming back. This was the height of Hot Topic. Yeah. This was the height of, like, Good Charlotte referencing Bauhaus and interviews. And, like, goth goth music was very cool. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. I mean, maybe it was intentional, but this is the album Nick Cave puts out at this time. Yeah. Where if he did something a little more, like, um, his 90s work, it probably would have been so huge because there was a thirst for gothy stuff at that time. That's so interesting. I wonder there's a there was a big thing in media around that time, TV, car, cartoons even. I wonder how it was such a big event. I wonder if he was impacted by that at all. By 9/11? Yeah. Has well, he spoken on that at all? I didn't immediately my mind goes with this song being like there is a town. It makes me think it's like Yeah. I think the song is about like him growing up in Australia and wanting to get out of his small town. That's a, that's what I thought too. But like just every anything post nine eleven like this, I'm like, okay, is he saying a little bit about America, like yeah, small town Americana? I don't know. I, I, that's where my head goes. I think with him, he's such a, you know, he's such a slut for the like Southern Gothic. We we like to bring mm-hmm. that up a lot. That there's a good chance that he is referencing that. I do like that line a lot. There is a town. Mm-hmm. That's it, it, it again. No shade on Nick. He's obviously doing something right. But it's it's like, I feel like he could have just that could be that could have been a better song on murder ballads. It could have been a different song on the Good Son. You know, it could have been. Imagine there was a there is a town, or I keep saying it's there is a town, right? Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say there was a town. Uh, that would be a nine eleven song. There was a town, <laughs> or there was yeah. a there was a tower. Um, I shouldn't make jokes you about do your that. Weird, your weird out parody of the song. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think I, I think I hit all my points there. Yeah, I, I like the line "God only lives in our dreams." Yeah, and it's like this. That makes me. That's what makes me think of the nine eleven. It's like this town of people, but they all have their own God and their own like morality. Yeah, but I, that line, I wish it like was expanded. Like, that's a really good line, but I feel like the song doesn't like. Fulfill the promise of that line. It reminds me of, I don't think you know this song. There's a Me Without You song called Mexican War Streets. Mm-hmm. And there's a line that's like, uh, it's not a person who dies, but worlds die inside them. Like whenever we die, we carry all, everything inside our brain dies too. And there's like worlds and worlds of ideas and memories. And I feel like that's a better version of this line. Me Without You continues to impress me with how well they summarize like how important it is to be a human mm-hmm. because there is such a, I and think, I, I think that line in particular, I think they, it's like from a philosopher and author. I don't think they made it up, but either way, I think that's a better version of this line that Cave's doing, but continue. No, I, I think, uh, the other thing that this song made me think of, I don't know if you're ever going to get around to watching Mad Men, but we're, I have like Haley and I have three episodes left until we finish the show, and it's really been one of the best experiences watching the show. Finish it up tonight, maybe we'll see. Um, I we also got Ted Lasso to watch. I started The Whale last night, so we got to finish that. Yeah, we should watch Ted Lasso together. Um, Oh, that's a good idea. I biscuits with the boss. (laughs) uh, Good thinking, Lincoln. They put out an ice cream. Jenny's put out a. Biscuits with the Boss ice cream. Really? Oh, I love that. Is it tea flavored too? 
It would that would be it should be like Earl Grey tea flavored yeah. with like little biscuit chunks. That's what it should be. I think maybe that's probably what it is. Maybe Jenny's is listening to this and they'll make that and send us like a flat of Earl Grey. Earl Grey ice cream would be good. I've seen that. I think in uh, <laughs> Universal, I think the Harry Potter ice cream place has Earl Grey tea ice cream. That is awesome. Have you? This is totally. Jenny's a, had a Tyler the Creator flavor a couple years ago. No but, way. Yeah, call, but, call me if you get frost thing. Something like that. I don't know what it's called. That's, yeah, that's a good name. Yeah. Um. I think it was like a sorbet. It was like fruit. Oh, that sounds like Tyler the Creator. Oh, okay. Like summery. Yeah, Igor's Sherbert or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, this is totally a sidebar. Have you... I know you aren't on the social medias that much, but ha, you need to... Anyone listening, check out this account called Craft Witch with a Y, like W-Y-T-C-H. Craft is just spelled like craft. Um, it's, it's, it's an account where this person solely makes ice cream out of like... All kinds of shit. Like, oh, do people send them ideas? I think Courtney's seen this on TikTok. C- Courtney has for sure seen this person. So, and they'll like make up freaking hot dog ice cream. So it's it's not a. I don't know if it's that. It might be, but like I watched them make a Doritos ice cream. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And the the one that got me hooked. It was the first one I saw. Was it was all pink Starburst. Oh, that's the best kind. And then they. Melt them down in heavy cream. I, 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 I have to think it's heavy cream or whipping cream or something, however you make ice cream. And they just melt it down, they strain it, and then they put it in the ice cream maker, which is so cool. But I've been watching them whenever I'm like, you know, I have a little downtime at work, I'll watch like five or 10 of them. And they do like, there's like a Twix one, Butterfinger. Mm-hmm. They, do, they did one with the sugar cookies from Kroger. You know what I'm talking Like mm-hmm. the, the frosted sugar cookie. Anyway, what were we talking about before that? Ice cream. Oh, Ted Lasso. And then we were talking about We were talking Mad about Men. Mad Men. Three episodes Okay, left. so Mad Men. I, I we have, got back there. I have this theory because, you know, the last episode of The Sopranos takes place in a diner. And then there are these really confusing moments in the second half of the final season of, the, of Mad Men where... Don Draper, who's the main character, goes in and out of this diner and he meets this woman and you can't really tell if it's real or not. And, ah, shit, I knew I had a, I had a fucking throughway here. Okay, my theory to Haley was that uh, I knew people were going to die. And my theory is that I, I think Don will die at the end of the show. Probably won't happen, but given how it just seems like he's floating in between any kind of mm-hmm. physical connection to earth at this point uh, in that universe there is a town to me is the most purgatory town ever because if this were to be a 911 song all of the people who died in 911 would be stuck in this weird place in the afterlife because there's nothing resolved there there might have been people who made peace as the buildings were falling but there might have been people who didn't have time to cope with that at all you know, people riding the stairwell down. And I want to make sure I'm being sensitive to the families who who may have been impacted by this, who are listening or the family members. But, and it doesn't, it's not just that this is, I think this is about 9-11. I don't, that's kind of just a thread I've, I'm following from our conversation. But to me, this is a purgatory song. Yeah, to me that God only lives in our mind, That that that's what gives it that feeling to me. Because it's like, if everyone constructs their own God, then... Everyone constructs their own reality, and everyone constructs their own everything, and nothing's concrete. Everybody's living in their own little world, and that's kind of how life is. But it it, it does give it that purgatory. So that leads me to my next point, which is, and the way that we do this podcast, I usually listen to single songs because not only will it expand like the longevity of the podcast, but it just leaves more mystery. But that being said. I think there could be an argument made that Nocturama is better than everybody thinks it is because it could be perceived with the album art, the way the songs feel, as the band being like, Blix is leaving, we're not quite sure what's coming next, let's make an album that feels like we're between things. And that's kind of how it feels, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure in Pleasures you have moments where you guys would write songs that didn't sound like the last record, but it didn't quite sound like where you wanted to go. In Via Animo, I think before we never got to record the newer songs we wrote, but 
from song to song to song of the new ones that we wrote before we disbanded, they all had this, like, there were some that were like, this is where we're heading. And there were some that were like, this is really weird. Like, we had one song we used to play that was just mostly me using like a, like a, like a, uh, what are they a called? Wah. A wah pedal. Mm-hmm. And you and Corey just kind of carried the song, like rhythm section. So I think that maybe Nocturama is really smart and no one really views it like that because you could view Nick as like being an angel sitting on a bench in heaven, like, eh, I'm not quite done yet. Can't wait until, wait, buckle up, Buttercup. Wait, wait till I, you see what I have next. I feel like that's revisionist history though, because if that was true, he wouldn't have the classic Flixa quote where he was like, I didn't join a rock and roll band to be in a fucking rock and roll band. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was what he didn't like about this album was that it felt too rock, too rock and roll. So, but it's, it's, it's interesting because if Blix is not taking responsibility for his contribution that he probably aided in that sound. Mm -hmm. Well, who knows what he, you know, I feel like he was always this force pulling Nick away from like conventional stuff. Sure. I feel like any weirdness was probably Blixa. I mean, I don't know. There, there's things about Ghostine that are weird. I mean, there's a lot of weird ambient textures, but yeah, but I just like Blixa is the one that's like, okay, well, what if we fucking bang on a piece of machinery and put it in the background? I, I've always thought of the current to late era Nick Cave as what if Nick Cave listened to too much cigarettes? And then the stuff with Blixa, it's just like, what if Nick Cave listened to too much, like, you know, new wave music, no wave music, you know what I mean? I just imagine out in L.A. there's uh, Nick and Warren are always hanging out. Like, let's say they get breakfast, they get coffee a couple of times a week together. Yeah. And But at the same place, so does Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Oh. And they just stare at each other and they, they're trying to outdo each other. Yeah. They're just in this feud. No one knows it, but Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross versus... Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. You think it's awkward for Nick Cave to probably the biggest soundtrack like composition success he and Warren had was that Dahmer show? What about the um, assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? I like people love that movie. People love that movie, but Dahmer was such a moment, and that's when I really was Ryan Murphy viewed them as a like a, like oh I'm like oh they're like they're like making soundtracks mm-hmm. now. And that to me was when it was like, man, people really don't like this show. Like there's an active audience like hating that it's like real. It sucks because I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but Nick Cave was originally going to make the music for the Del Toro Pinocchio movie. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. That would have been awesome. It didn't happen. And instead he did Blonde. Yeah. (laughs) Like what could have been for him and Ornelas? Blonde didn't get... Any Oscar nominations, I don't think. I think um, I think Anna Darmus got nominated for Best Actress. She got nominated? Yeah, I think that was the only one. <sighs> Maybe like a makeup nomination or like a costuming. God, that movie could have been so good and it was, it was so bad. That really sucks. I love her though. But yeah, anyway, I, I think I got... We were talking about like their soundtracking and stuff like that. Um, yeah, what if maybe like they switched bodies? So like Trent Reznor's Nick Cave now. And vice versa. Good. You never know. I mean, their music sounds very similar now. What if they're just drinking? What's the uh, Polly Juice Potion? What if they're just mm-hmm. like addicted to Polly Juice Potion? Could be. And they're just, <laughs> they're just cosplaying as each other. Is Atticus Ross and Warren Ellis switching places too? Yeah. Maybe they stay the same. For some Polly Juice? Maybe Warren's like, Nick, you, you, better, you better switch bodies with... Or Warren Ellis uh, is switching with the other Warren Ellis. With, uh, I don't want to switch bodies with Atticus Ross. You're going to have to switch with uh, what's, what, uh, Trent Reznor. Is that a good Warren Ellis impression? It's a good, like, um, could be British or could be Australian. It's a good, yeah. like, I'm, I'm very right much in the, in the middle there. I, 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 it serves both purposes. Yeah. What are, what are we going to next? Got any more? I, I don't know. That's about all I got for the song, really, to me. What the best part is the steel guitar, yeah. violin. I'd love to hear more of that. Well, I, I feel like I kind of say this just to inflate these less exciting Nick Cave songs, but I do feel like there is a an audience where There Is a Town would really kill live. I, I looked that up on setlist.fm. They've never played this song. Yeah, I think it's got to just be because 
it's I, I, I don't like saying this because it And I feels, think this is one of the stronger... It's not the best song in Nocturama, but I think it's one of the top three or four. Well, when you sent me the title me. and I listened to it, I was like, this is so much better than Rocket Gibraltar. Rocket oh, Gibraltar yeah. just it's sucks. Pretty, pretty bad song. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe to anyone out there listening and you are like a big Nocturama head and this is like one of your favorite albums, like there's got to be people that love this record, right? Oh, yeah. And... Like, I don't know. We, There's we, dozens of them. We have a mailbag we check pretty often. You can uh, message us at jubileestreetpod at gmail.com. If, if, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Um, so if, you, if you're a big Nocturama fan, let us know. I want to know. This is definitely probably... I don't even think we drafted this album, did we? I don't know. I forgot all about that. I don't think we it's drafted It's just a weird this. one because I always, feel, I always come in... Uh, I mean, there's exceptions here and there, but like usually there's either something musical I'm really excited to talk about, right. or a lyric, or it reminds me of just a story one of us have in our life, mm-hmm. and both the songs on this album just like don't evoke much. Yeah, that's that's the biggest bummer about it is is I like the song, it just doesn't, you know, still nothing moves me. Ceremony. Ceremony. And then we have to talk about Starburst Ice Cream, and that's still fun. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with talking about Starburst Ice Cream, okay? Do you have an ice cream maker? Mm-mm. You guys, I feel like oh, you guys could use the Crunchberry cereal and make ice cream out of that. That'd be good. It's really easy. I mean, even if just, you have a maker, it's like you just have to make the cream base and you just put it in there and they churn it. Well, as you saw, the kitchen's kind of small, so like probably couldn't fit. There's it. a lot of gadgets I probably would have, but I'm like, where would I put it? I I've been wa- I've been all about those food videos. I saw so- a video of uh, they have these huge walks that they make popcorn in. Mm-hmm. Before they make the popcorn, they cut open a watermelon and they just leave it whole, but like cut. So there's like juices coming out and the popcorn comes mm. out pink. It's so cool. And it tastes like watermelon. Is this like in another country? Is this like. Yeah, it's like an Asian, some okay, kind of I Asian. I like those on Reddit. I don't know what what subreddit I follow, but they'll yeah. be like, yeah, videos of like street food in India or Thailand. Uh-huh. And they do just the coolest. I love stuff like that because I'm like, I, I, I want to make popcorn like that. Like, just throw in like some pesto or something. Like I've seen people make like pesto popcorn. Mm-hmm. Like that would be so good. That popcorn store in J Town's still there. That was there when we were. I kids. saw. I, is it the one? Um, popcorn it, station or whatever. It's not in J Town though, right? Like I would call that J Town, isn't it? Um, it? Well, so it's. Are you talking about the on one that's on like Gayling Drive or whatever? Yes. I don't I, think it's there because I drove by there the other day, and the Little Caesars is gone too. Oh, it moved. Okay, it, it moved like fifteen years ago. But it moved to where it's so been it, for a long time. It, I think where it is now is it's on, on Taylorsville. Taylorsville. Right? Yeah. I guess uh, that's not J-Town. And anyway, it's, there, it's there's by a popcorn the, store there. They got everything. Is the main event there? Mm-hmm. Is that where the main event is? Yeah, it's right by there. But uh, I'll have to check it out. I love popcorn. Popcorn head. Popcornopolis. Popcornopolis. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask you about, too. Do you know about this yellow cactus place? In Louisville? No. Yeah. It's like a Mexican restaurant. I thought maybe mm-hmm. I know you and Courtney are big, you know, Mexican food heads. Mm-hmm. Getting your taco on. Well, Ian, uh, I think we got some other cool stuff coming out in, a, in the next couple of weeks. There's some. We're we got back, the, baby. You know, I, I don't want to tack on more at the end here, but I did want to talk about what I listened to on the drive yeah, to, to Louisville. So. Uh, I've t- I think I've probably talked about this on a couple episodes, but it, you know what? Maybe it was right after our replacements episode. I don't know what happened, but I had a serious click moment where I put on Siamese Dream in the car while I was driving around San Diego in my final weeks there, and it really clicked for me. And I just I I really fell in love with that album, Disarm, Soma, uh, Silverfuck. I think is one of the songs, right? Mm-hmm. Hummer, I uh, Cherub Rock's like an easy one, but it's so good. It's a great album. On the way to Kentucky, I, I had never listened to Ziggy Stardust, and oh, uh, I bet you knew almost all the songs. I well, I knew a lot of them. Yeah, but the best song on there is the first one, and it's called like Five Years mm-hmm. or something. That song's fucking amazing. It gives me chills the first time I heard it because I think Ziggy Stardust came out in 1969. Yeah, and he uh, talks about seeing a girl in a restaurant, uh-huh. and he's like, "Didn't realize that you were in this song," which uh-huh. is like so meta. Like, yeah, 
He's like talking to this person, like I put you inside my song. Yeah. And for nineteen six, like nobody was doing met. That was just crazy. Like how meta that was for the time. Yeah. To we like see this random stranger and then write a song. And be like I'm putting you into the song. I don't. I'm sure you and Courtney have this experience because I know you guys listen to music a lot together in the car. But after the song played, it, it was just like quiet in the car for a second until the next song came on. And yeah, that might be my favorite song on the album too. It's best. Did, did, did Haley know it? No. Oh, okay. No, yeah. She she'd heard the. I think she'd heard the album before, but it'd been a long time for her. So yeah, we, lyrically, it's just like, you know, that's not the type of song Bowie wrote a lot. I don't know. It's just it's special. It sounded like a Motown record. Mm. It sounded like a soul song. Like it didn't sound like what I thought he was gonna do. Um, that line where it's like it, it was cold and it rained, so I felt like an actor. Yeah. Like. I've had that feeling where you like you feel like you're in a movie, like oh this yeah. feels like a, you know it, you walk outside and the lighting's right and you're like I feel like I'm in a movie right now. Sometimes like after a storm and you go outside and it's still wet out and the sky's orange, that's like when it feels the most like when you're in a movie. So we listened to that. Um, man, I had it all in my head. It's been a while since uh, it happened. I listened to In Rainbows uh, fully. Um, which I love that album. I hadn't listened to it in a long time because I'd listened to it so much when I was really into it, but it's the perfect driving album. Uh, I listened to the whole new SZA record. Too long, I, I think, but all, all of the songs are good. I agree. This is the one that I was interested to talk to you about a little bit. I don't know why, but... Whenever Haley and I are driving around together, especially if we're going on long drives, I always gravitate towards like 90s music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we played a little bit of like new Limp metal. Uh, oh, you actually listen to new metal. I was yeah. going to make a joke. No, yeah, we listened to a little bit of new metal. Uh, oh, I oh. actually listened to Nookie by Limp Biscuit. I'm vomiting off mic. And then, you know, I played a little Blink 182. We listened to Fallout Boy. And then because I don't know why, but I was feeling nostalgic, I was like, I really want to listen to Daisy. And for those who don't know, Daisy is a 2007 or 8 album from Brand New. Now, Jesse Lacey from Brand New, I think, had some controversy in, what, like 2015, something, 2017, something like that, right before, right after science fiction dropped. Um, I won't go into that. I don't want to go into that, but it was unfortunate news. But Daisy was always my favorite Brand New album. And... I got about eight tracks through and I don't know if it was like the context of what, of who he was or something, but I just couldn't finish it. And it was like, I was like, this is kind this is like a well-made record, but it had this, um, it had this quality to it. Have you listened to any of that stuff in a while? The thing about brand new and a bunch of bands like that, and I don't want to shit on him too much. The, just what doesn't appeal to me, this is something that like hit me like 10 years ago. Yeah. I just got sick of things that feel so self-serious. Oh. There is no humor in brand new music. There's no lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. It is like Daisy is a record. Like Daisy is, if you like that kind of thing, it's great. It's Of that genre of music, I think it's like the best. But it's just not for me anymore. It's just so, I like Nick Cave because he makes fun of himself. And yeah. Uh, Kanye is silly and a lot of these David Bowie campy like I like people even when they're making something like high art there's like a little bit of like a, a glimpse of like humor even the Smashing Pumpkins have it like yeah. they're so over the top like I just I like a little bit of dude Brandon is just so self-serious it's just like we are artists and we are tortured and uh, yeah everything is so serious and heavy I just don't it's not for me it didn't it didn't resonate with me anymore like, there's a lot of albums from that time that I still really enjoy, like all the Radiohead albums I listened to at the time, all the Modest Mouse stuff, Reconstruction Act or Reconstruction Site by The Weaker Thans. Those are all bands that aren't, aren't afraid to have a little bit of silliness. And they all resonate with me much more, and I feel similarly to them than I, that I, when I did when I was younger. Like, mm-hmm. they don't, I don't feel like I'm too mature for this or I've outgrown this, but... You know, it was playing in the car right when it got to Bought a Bride, which used to be my favorite song on the album. And I was like, this is just too much. I mean, I always think it of It just Daisy made me feel like, bad. 
to me, Daisy is the album that sounds. It reminds me a lot of Cursive. Yeah. And yes. I, I like it's a Cursive, cursive album. so much more. And Cursive, like, but Cursive's funny. Yeah, Brand New could never write a song of the Ellie organ. Like, could you imagine if Brand New could never touch like, what's the song? Yeah, like all of that. That that's that's that unlocked like an achievement for me because that whole album is just a cursive ripoff. And it's not as good because you you can hear it in the way they jangle the keys and they do the little sound clips and stuff, but it's it's not even happy hollow. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be negative. I think brand new is good for the people who like it. And I there was a period of time where I really liked it. And I think there's some unfortunate things that have happened to the band's history that have kind of shaped how I view them as well. But I just felt I felt like it was interesting enough to bring up just, you know to check in on what I was listening to. And then I always feel like brand new is like a band that like I like for a song or two, but I do not ever want to listen to a whole album. Like but, I can put on gasoline on Daisy. Yeah. And like be like, oh this is a banger. But after like 10, 15 minutes straight, I'm just like, this is so much. Like it's yeah. It's just too much. It's exactly that's exactly how it felt. I just felt exhausted by it. And <laughs> yeah. and the thing is is that the best songs on Daisy aren't no offense to your choice there, but it's all the slow ones. It's like bed the same reason I don't really like fuck with a lot of speed anymore. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's just, just like too much. There's no joy to it. It's just like, it's so much. It's like, yeah. I get it, dude. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really like, it, it's, it's tiring. Um, <laughs> it's tiring. That's the perfect. And then the, the, on a, to end on a positive note, I, when we, when we finally got to Louisville and I had a little more time to listen to music, I cannot recommend enough that new Caliucci's album. Me and Courtney listened to that. Um, Last weekend? It's so good. It it is it never it doesn't overstay its welcome. And we talked about this with the oh, and I we we listened to the new Gorillas record on the road mm. too. That album was awesome. Like I don't know if I'll come back to it very much, but there's some really good songs on it. And I liked it a lot more than I liked a lot of those singles that had come out uh, a they couple of years back. Stevie Nicks feature, they always get the craziest features. Well, Skinny Apes definitely liked one of the better songs on there. What band other than the Gorillas do you get like Thundercat and then next track is Stevie Nicks? Like, it's it's that's really the cool thing about a Gorillas album is yeah. you never know what you're gonna get. So there was a lot of cool music that and 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 the reason I bring up the Gorillas while I'm talking about Kaliuchis is that the sound textures, whoever she is making this the, the production and the music with, it's the best part. Like her, vo- I, I her voice is incredible, but. I think a lot of it's her. It just aids. I hear a lot of gorillas on that album, and I hear a lot of Tyler, the creator. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler aided in some production on it because they've worked together. She's been on uh, several of his albums. Um, I love her. I I had never really vibed with her too much. You know, I knew that song, um, See You Again. I knew her features, yeah. That's on on Flower Boy. Flower Boy, yep. And, you know, I, I think that she's stun- stunning. You know, she's beautiful. And I think and she's been on a gorilla song, too. I can't remember what it's called. I also, I th- I think she's she's a lesbian. I don't right? know, but she's been on a lot of features. Like, oh. I know a lot of songs featuring her, but I never listened to her own solo music. I, I got a vibe that was, I, I don't know. There was It didn't seem like there was a lot of talk of men on it. But as I say, every time I talk about how I listen to music, I hear the sound first and the way the sound makes me feel before I hear the lyrics. It's just how I'm programmed, but... Um, yeah. Anything you wanted to talk about you've been liking? Um, I've, I've been listening to, I haven't been listening to that much new music lately. I've been listening to a lot of, really a lot of like, just like classic pop punk, same I am and green day and nice old stuff like that. We put on some Beatles in the car when, uh, we, we were driving through the hardest, the hardest leg of our trip was, and this was due to poor planning. We drove through a national park in Holbrook, Arizona. It was all uphill. Keep in mind, you know, I'm driving a 15 foot truck and towing a car. And we're just, we get to a point where we're on a two lane highway and there's just trucks barreling Mm -hmm. towards us in the opposite lane, snow on the road, ice, it's cold as fuck. And then there's all these signs like elk crossing, deer crossing. So I was like, it was like, I told Haley at one point, I'm like, just, I don't want any noise. Like, we, I just want to focus on this and get out of here. And, you know, we were safe, obviously, but the Beatles was the only thing that would calm. But both of us were just so tense. And I was like, she was like, uh, it, once we'd been sitting in the quiet long enough, she's like, I have to play something. And she played, uh, I asked her to play Don't Let Me Down. And it made me think that, don't I, let me down. I think that's my favorite Beatles song. You have a favorite one? 
Oh my god. I um off the top of my head, Eleanor Rigby, but I could probably say twenty song, you know. Yeah. It's hard to pick it. Eleanor favorite. Rigby's kind of a that's kind of an interesting choice. I mean, I just love sad songs, and that song's so that all, is the, all the lonely people, where they come from, like that is so sad and like Oh, that's such it. an iconic uh musical section too. Like is that the Eleanor Rigby's kind of dark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it like about like a dead body or something? I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely you, sad. I need to let you borrow that Beatles book I have. I think you'd really enjoy it. You get a lot of context on the songwriting. Um, I think just all white people listen to the Be- we listen to the Beatles in the car all the time. Yeah, my mom did, my grandma does. That's the Beatles are the best. It's just what white people do in the car. Listen to the Beatles. White people do that, and they drink dirty chai's in the car. Dirty chai's. Mm-hmm. And then in October, pumpkin spice latte. Yes. On that note, on that spice note, on that flavor note. A little note of cinnamon uh, and cardamom. On the hint of cardamom. Uh, you want to take it home? Want me to take it home? Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're back. Back regularly. Back in person. Back in action. It doesn't really affect you. Maybe the energy is better. I don't know. I think we got a hun- one. I think we have some gecahertz coming to you in the future. Well, yeah, uh, gecahertz uh, off the charts. Off the, the meters charts. are... It's like a movie where, like, the, the thermometer, the meter swings up so fast, it, like, shatters the glass. It couldn't be more hype. If it was more hyper, it'd be hyperbolic. The me- the meters are just in the red, past the red. Like, past it, the red. It, 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 never been seen before. Whole lot of red. Many people are concerned. Thank you, everyone, for listening. JubileeStreetPod at gmail.com. And we will be back shortly. Thanks for putting up with us. Just catching up episode. We'll be more rained in next time, I'm sure. But, you know, I'll let you all know what we're up to. So on that, peace out. Um, thank you to Blue. Thank you to Buffy. Up and down, up and down, under a dark.